It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Homestretch on today's Guy Benson Show. Glad you're here. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast is always free and growing. Thanks to all of you. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcasts.com, or wherever you might get your podcasts, we are there on demand, no charge. It was Dan's birthday over the weekend, and really we gave him the greatest gift he could possibly ask for on Friday in the home stretch, where he got to ask a bunch of weird questions based on the very strange inside jokes and references that we make during the home stretch, and we gave a pretty comprehensive primer on the nonsense. So he's now fully caught up. That had to have been very satisfying for Dan. I'm speaking on his behalf here. I'm not going to actually ask if that's true. But he had some other plans as well. That was not the entire birthday celebration. And that included, Dan, what, a a dinner Saturday? Do you have a nice birthday weekend? Yes, it was fantastic. And it also coincides with March Madness, which I do love. So I was watching a ton of college basketball, which was amazing. And then had a lovely dinner Saturday. Um, we did an earlier dinner, which we talked about on a home stretch, I believe, recently. We did a 6 p.m. dinner, which was nice. Uh, but my team, uh, Providence, was playing at the time, so we sat at the bar. I had a nice steak and watched my team win by almost 30 points. Uh, that sounds actually like perfection. Yeah, it was quite honestly. amazing. Now, have you filled out a bracket? I did. It was horrible. I did two, and they're both like the worst I've ever done in my entire oh, they life. Just, did you have like Kentucky or you know Wisconsin I did. or Iowa? All of the above, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. I just got so swamped and busy this year that I didn't fill out a bracket. I'm still watching the tournament. I'm still following the big developments. I watched quite a few of the games yesterday, but not with the same degree of rooting interest if I had a bracket. Whereas Adam, who's not a big sports fan, he has like five brackets because he entered various bracket contests with his fraternity brothers back from school. And then there's like a neighborhood one with the dads in the neighborhood. So he is actually in some ways following it more closely than I am. Also, his alma mater, Colorado State, was in the tournament. They lost, I think, in their first game. Unlike mine, which has only been to the tournament once ever, five years ago. And we will always cling on to that season and hopefully we'll do it again, but uh, hasn't been going great. So you had a good birthday weekend. We were trying to figure out, and this is typical over the weekend, we won't really do our group text as intensely here at the show, just some healthy distance as we're all enjoying our weekends. But if there's a story that's really big or a reference that's significant or a possible home stretch, sometimes we will ping the rest of the group just to have it and put it sort of in the hopper for consideration. And this one made the cut because it's a food-related story, and we love food-related stories here. It was from the Wall Street Journal, so you can guess who pitched it. But the headline is, Late-Night Diners Mourn the Loss of Late-Night Diners. So diners as in people and then diners as in establishments. And I think this was also very much in our wheelhouse because the late night diner is especially big in New Jersey. Not exclusively, 
In fact, there was a Greek diner I would go to late at night when I was in college out in Chicago. But diners are a big, big deal in Jersey in particular. So we got talking about it a little bit. And producer Christine, of course, had her own spin on this, which had to do with perhaps overindulgence of mama's juice. And you were concerned about this, Christine, because this was a staple of your youth and perhaps your present? Not present. I'm an adult now. I just drink at home a lot. Um, I I mean, going to the diner, for especially a, a, a gal in Jersey in her 20s, my friends and I, you know, you go to the club or the bar, and then after, you know, the sober friend drives you to the diner, and then you try to sober yourself up before you go home. So the late-night meal, I mean, yeah, mm. yeah it's, a, it's a staple. Diners are great because the menus often are expansive. There are so many things that you can order on a diner menu. And the, the real hook to the story is the pandemic. A lot of the late-night hours were cut due to COVID, and they have not returned. And so options that people would have late into the night or even 24-7, many of those food options are no longer available to them. So someone, I guess, decided to go out and write this story and interview people at diners and people who would frequent diners, patrons, and that sort of thing. The thing that's strange, I would say, about my diner eating habits is that I generally— don't like breakfast, like at all. I don't eat breakfast. In fact, the other day we were with friends and one of them went out to get coffee and brought back a bunch of breakfast sandwiches that had been freshly made. And I just sort of eh, took a pass. I just had something instead. Breakfast is not my favorite meal. Breakfast, breakfast foods are not my favorite foods. And I've said this before, and it's one of my worst takes according to many of you, even though it's correct, I genuinely detest the pancake family of foods, which includes waffles, French toast. I cannot stand it. I call it warm sugar bread, like warm, wet sugar bread. I have no interest in it. And if I'm going to do breakfast, as I have stated before, I do like a savory breakfast, specifically an omelet. An omelet, maybe with a side of fruit, call it a day. There's something about going into a diner that makes me feel almost compelled to order breakfast. Like, they'll have a massive menu of sandwiches and burgers and any number of entrees, right, ranging from, like, lobster to shepherd's pie to steak. Like, they'll make everything. Fried shrimp. It's, it's very eclectic. Let's put it that way. But whether it's actually brunch time or whether it's much later in the day or 1.30 in the morning, I, I just feel like the correct order for me is an omelet. I almost feel like I am more inclined to get a breakfast like omelet late at night than I am in the morning. I might like just skip the meal altogether in the morning. I know that's not supposed to be good for you. Breakfast, most important meal, blah, blah, blah. I've never believed that. I've never lived that in my life. That's not my truth. Okay. That's not my lived experience, but late night diner equals omelet. That's just my go-to. Christine, what would you typically order? Well, I just have to say, I've actually witnessed you late night ordering an omelet when we were in Florida for the Patriot Awards. Do you remember? 
I do remember, yes, and other people were ordering all sorts of other things, salads, cocktails. I I had an omelet. At well, like I mean, you did have a cocktail, midnight. too. I, I had it. Yeah, it's a classic pairing. <laughs> I believe it was a margarita yes. and an omelet. But it was Who funny could argue with that? But we were all thinking about, you know, dinner options, and you just closed your menu, and you said, you know what? I'm having an omelet. With my margarita. And I think I actually brought some people with me. Yes, you did. You did. Some people heard me say omelet, and it just started spreading like wild. You know, I'm a, I'm a trendsetter. I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a leader of people. I, I understand it, as I told you. I, I'm an influencer of sorts, so I get it. Wyatt, are you a late-night diner person? Not a late-night diner person. Well, you're not a late-night person. Yeah, I mean, it depends, but... I would have to say I am a breakfast person, but I don't think I normally have time to eat breakfast on the weekdays, but on the weekends, I'm always down for a good brunch. And talking about all this food just reminds me of going on a road trip and stopping at a Cracker Barrel, because that is where you get a good, good breakfast. Although at Cracker Barrel, I don't get breakfast. At Cracker Barrel, I get one of the elaborate meals with like all these sides and stuff and it's so salty and there's just gravy everywhere and you know it's not good for you but it's also delicious and it's always predictable and every single one looks exactly the same like down to the little game that they put on the table to jump over the sticks i'm a cracker barrel person only on long road trips like if it's a quick road trip and i would define that as six hours or less not cracker barrel if I'm on a multi-day trip or even like a 12-hour trip, Cracker Barrel is a very appealing option. You do the quick drive-through Wendy's for lunch and then the sit-down dinner at a Cracker Barrel. I make no apologies for that. And then you make amends for it the next day at the gym, ideally. Last story here very quickly before we go. I also happen to notice there was another Wall Street Journal story brought to our attention by a nameless team member here at the show that is applying French onion soup tastes to all sorts of other foods. The headline is French onion everything, this season's most soothing recipes. And there's a way you can apply the taste profiles, if you will, of French onion soup to a host of other foods. And Christine, I know that this is not appealing to you because you hate French onion soup, but it was another opportunity for me to remind you, as we did on Friday, that you still need to eat French onion soup on the air because you lost a bet. And I'm wondering, in fact, maybe we can go to the judges on this one. And by the judges, I mean War Wyatt. Could she consume a French onion soup flavored something else to have it count as paying off the bet? Or does it have to be the extremely hot soup with the onions in there and the melted cheese and the bread? I think we could do a flavored something, maybe like a flavored donut or jelly bean. Okay. I will take that under advisement, and Christine, we will get back to you on this, but it's going to happen. Back here tomorrow for the Guy Benson Show. I'm supposed to be on Outnumbered tomorrow at noon Eastern, but there are Supreme Court hearings, so we'll see how that goes. Just tune in maybe one way or another. Plus, back here on the radio for sure, 3 to 6 Eastern every weekday. It's the Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Home stretch. It's the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcasts always free. You can also go to FoxNewsPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you miss any of the show, 
from 3 to 6 Eastern. Well, it's absolutely gorgeous weather here in D.C. And with the warmer weather comes a certain season in this town, which is cherry blossoms season. With the beautiful blooming flowers on these trees all along the Potomac River, it's very pretty. And it's so pretty that many, 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 many people want to go look at these trees, look at the cherry blossoms, and take photos. And people want to get that little Instagram photo where they've got the cherry blossoms in the foreground and then the Jefferson Memorial in the background. you got the tidal basin. I mean, I feel like someone should just go take that photo and then send it to anyone else who wants it. Feel free to use it. We all know what it looks like. You don't have to crowd down to the waterfront and all take that exact same photograph. But people do it. People like it. I don't begrudge them that experience, but... The traffic is bad. The foot traffic gets crazy. Yesterday, another one of these trucker convoys was coming through, so that really disrupted my commute into the old studio, surrounded by honking trucks. Then you see the waterfront is completely packed. I know Quiet Wyatt enjoys the cherry blossoms, not so much the crowds, and it's interfered with your ability to get Chick-fil-A, which I know uh, you don't want to get between Quiet Wyatt and his Chick-fil-A. He'll turn into War Wyatt real quick. Yes, Guy. It's It's been um, very crowded here in D.C. Ever since the weather started to pick up, there's people planning vacations and class trips. And so it is. It's D.C. is back. Do you avoid the crowds by taking your constitutionals at 4.30 a.m.? And can you really enjoy the cherry blossoms before the sun is out? Just use your your the light on your phone, and you could just figure it out. <laughs> just, like, throw a filter on there. It'll be fine. Now, speaking of D.C., you pass along, Wyatt, this poll, which I think is ridiculous. They asked the American people about television shows and fictional portrayals of D.C. and politics, and the question was, which one is the most representative or realistic of how D.C. works? And what, the number one answer was West Wing? Is that right? Yep, it was West Wing. Are you kidding me? Like, in fairness, confession, I have never seen even a full episode of the West Wing. But I've seen bits of it. I know people who really like it. But this is an Aaron Sorkin project that just idealizes Washington, where you have this sort of munificent Democratic president, of course he's a Democrat, who is just in politics for all the right reasons, and he's surrounded by all these wonderful people with tremendous intellect and motives, and they're all just in it for the public good. And I can tell you that is absolutely not how Washington, D.C. operates. That's not the type of person that politics typically attracts, which is too bad. There's lots of great people in politics in it for good reasons. There's a lot of people who are not. And the West Wing is kind of like a sanitized, airbrushed, center-left dream of what politics ought to be. It is not a reflection of reality. And I think even a lot of fans of West Wing will admit that. Now, some people will argue that House of Cards is more realistic. I'm not sure about that. House of Cards, I mean, House of Cards suggests far too much competence where 
ruthless, manipulative calculation can achieve ends that the schemers want. But in reality, Washington is much more chaotic and incompetent than that. So I think that there are probably people just as bad as the Underwoods, for example, in this town, in positions of significant power. But their ability to get what they want the way that the Underwoods did in that show, not realistic. Which brings us to a point that many others have made before. This is not original to me at all. But Veep with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, it's exaggerated. It's not spot on, but it's a lot closer than those other two shows to how Washington really works in politics and the people in politics. It's a lot of self-absorbed, myopic, power-hungry, often incompetent, sometimes comically so, people who play games with each other in a bad way and just sort of careen from one dysfunctional mess to another. That's a lot closer to how D.C. really works. And in fact, the character Selena Meyer, new Selena now, and her various travails as a hapless vice president, they actually do sort of remind a lot of us of a real-life character in that exact position that she played and portrayed in the HBO show. Well, this is real life right now, cut 39. The significance of the passage of time. It is time for us to do what we have been doing. There is great significance to the passage of time. And that time is every day. (laughs) (laughs) There is great significance to the passage of time. And that time is every day. Thank you, Madam Vice President. I was talking to a friend last night who said, Kamala Harris, you know, when you're speaking publicly, sometimes you have to gather your thoughts and use filler words before you can get to the point that you want to make. Her observation was Kamala Harris, most of what she says is just filler words. And the result is the mashup that you just heard. A little giggle there at the end. That's a lot closer to Veep than the other shows that I mentioned. I would say West Wing would be at the bottom of the list. That's just me. You can agree or disagree. We got to run. Back here tomorrow for The Guy Benson Show. Same time, same place, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Until then, have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening to The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch, and boy, do we deserve something a little bit lighter to end the show because this hour has been tough talking about war and then COVID and the pandemic. Let's talk about puppies here on The Guy Benson Show, where our podcast is free every day on demand. I'll remind you, GuyBensonShow.com. Follow us on social at Guy Benson Show, Twitter and Instagram. It is National Puppy Day, and many of you who listen regularly know that I have a very sweet Bedlington Terrier named Roy. Corduroy is his full name, but we call him Roy for short. And I gave him a little piece of fried chicken today for National Puppy Day, although he gets a lot of little spoiled treats, I have to admit. But he's wonderful. And he did something this week that was absolutely hilarious, which I'll get to in a second. But before I do, quickly, 
Dan, you mentioned to the team today on our planning call that you and your girlfriend are seriously considering getting a puppy. Is that imminent? Yeah, well, I mean, she sends me, you know, pictures of them all day, every day. So I'm assuming that's what what's going to happen very soon. So we're getting to the point where we're looking at, you know, adoption uh, places and things like that. So it's looking like it's going to be. Are you looking for the type of dog that would be apartment friendly? Because, you know, sometimes if you don't have a wide open space or a yard or something, it's hard for some breeds to get exercise that they need. Is that something you're mindful of or are you going to do what Christine did and just pounce on the first dog you can possibly find and then, you know, figure it out later? Well, we're definitely mindful of it. Um, Like you said, we are an apartment. So there's a park across the street and a dog park, so that's fine. But we both want kind of on the larger side of a dog. I love German Shepherds, so we were thinking of that, but they need a lot of work. Really big. Yeah. Really big dog. And, Christine, I just do want to make sure that your dog, Rosie, is still with us because we don't hear much about Rosie. You made sort of a gut-level, not terribly well-thought-through pandemic dog purchase from not getting one to getting one seemingly overnight. And we don't really hear too much about little Rosie. So just I want to do a wellness check on that pooch. She is doing very well. Uh, It's taking her a while to uh, adjust to the new home. But if you're trying to ask me in the nice way, is Rosie still alive? Yes. Okay. We're going to have to maybe send War Wyatt to march over there and, and make sure, you know, trust but verify. It's just a Reagan thing. Trust but verify for poor Rosie and make sure that she hasn't gone the route of, well, you know, carousel. And I will end with this story about Roy this week. Adam and I were watching TV. Roy usually stays up late with me until I go to bed, and then he sleeps until whenever I get up. And I take him out to go to the bathroom at the very end of the night, then we go up to bed. That's the routine. And at one point, Adam and I looked around. It wasn't that late. It was kind of on the earliest side, 11 or 11.30. And he says, where's Roy? And I looked around. We sort of called for him. We whistled a little bit. Nowhere. So Adam got up off the couch, was looking around. He then went upstairs, and Roy was just curled up on our bed by himself, just kind of waiting, half asleep. And Adam came down. He said, Guy, Roy Irish goodbye us. He went up to bed without us. And I said, that is a dog with the Irish goodbye after Cookie's own heart. <laughs> they are in some ways soulmates because of that moment. An Irish goodbye from an English breed. No Irish goodbye here from us. Consider this your formal goodbye as we are out of time on the Wednesday edition of The Guy Benson Show. Back here tomorrow for more 3 to 6 Eastern. Until then, have a wonderful evening, and thank you for listening. Home stretch on this Thursday on The Guy Benson Show, where our podcast is growing big time. Saw some of the numbers earlier today. We are so grateful you guys are just killing it. You're crushing it for us. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep growing. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, wherever you get your podcast, lots of options every day. And, of course, listening live is the best option. 3 to 6 Eastern Time. Follow us on social at GuyBensonShow, Twitter and Instagram. Well, you know that recently producer Christine made a big life change. She wanted to sell her house, make a big profit, move to an apartment, and then wait a little while and then buy a bigger, better house down the line a little bit. And that is the plan that has been executed so far. And, Christine, it sounds like you might be having, let's just say, a few second thoughts or adjustments that are being made to apartment life 
What would you like to tell us about that? If I continue with this conversation, I would like to tell you that my husband is probably not going to speak to me. So why? Why? Well, because this was my idea, you know, from start to finish. Did he not want to sell the house? No, he did. He did. Okay. All right. So he can own that, too. It's not just you. But um, apartment living uh, hadn't done it since my 20s. And it is, let's just say it's an adjustment. It's definitely an adjustment. And I hope that uh, this all works out and this is great. But I'm also happy that this is only a 12-month lease, just in case. So you're already contemplating leaving the apartment one year later, like at the earliest possibility. I, I can see us definitely looking elsewhere after a year, but let's just... Is the apartment not what you expected, like, in terms of the amenities? The apartment is great, the actual apartment. Um, It's the sounds. You know, You, I I forgot, like, there's, you know, people are walking upstairs. You kind of hear Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And or if people are walking by in the hallway or it's just— And there's rules, right? It's not just your house. You're not queen of the castle anymore, right? You can't just do whatever you want on your property because it's not really your property. It's just temporarily rented property. Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now because I told my best friend Wyatt, and since you're my best friend too, I guess I should just put it out there. Nobody's really friendly to me, and it's really, really bothering me. Like, I go out of my way to try to, like, meet people and talk to them, and everybody just kind of, like, ignores me, and, like, I'm very worried I'm not going to find any friends here. Might you be perhaps getting a little overly aggressive in your efforts to make friends. Could that maybe be an oversell on your part that is causing people to sort of reflexively recoil? No, I'm a nice girl. It's not like I'm knocking on doors saying, hi, I have wine. Do you want to drink? Which if someone knocked on my door and said that, I'd be like, you come in right now. Yeah, that might actually be a better plan than whatever you're doing. I'm just trying to, like, chat up people if I see them outside, especially with Rosie or, like, you know, just say hello. Even Megan today, she's like, Mommy, like, you just said hello to that woman, and she just didn't even barely looked at you. And I said, I know. Um, Sometimes the cleaning people will talk to me a little bit. They're very, very nice. But I just had a different idea. In my head, I must have built up this apartment living, and it's nowhere. It's not what I thought. So, yeah. And you're already kind of glancing for the exits? I mean, I don't have anywhere you've been to in go. This, you've been in this apartment for nine days? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to say that I expressed a healthy skepticism to this entire plan from the beginning. Once it was clear that you were taking the plunge and the die was cast, I stopped voicing my reservations because I did not want to undermine a plan that was underway. But Adam and I were talking about it like it is hard to downsize. It's not like you guys are retiring and you've got Megan off to college and Rosie is an older girl and sort of mellow. You're in the prime of busy life and downsizing from a house to an apartment in some of those key years. There was just some, I guess, doubts about how well you would take to the new environment. And it sounds ooh, kind of like... You're not so sure this was the right call. What about your mom, Judgy Joyce? Is she judging this decision? Is she supporting the decision? Has she seen the place yet? 
She is completely judging the situation. She slept over because Bobby is on a work trip for the week. So she slept over to help me with Megan. And um, no, she's she just doesn't think this was the right move. She, she's also so critical, though. You know, just a... Oh, Her think? nickname is Judgy Joyce. Yeah, she's like, do you think for the amount of money you pay, you know, this would be done or that would be done or, you know, just like constant in my ear. And then she had it in my head, you know, saying, oh, well, thank God this is only a 12-month lease and then we'll find something else. So um, that's not very helpful when you're already having doubts. So, you know, and my poor husband, he's so confused because he left on Sunday night and I was the happiest. I'm like, this is the best decision. We went out to dinner, like so happy. And I've called him every day since and said, like, we have to move. This was terrible. I don't know what I was thinking. So... Obviously, I, um, what's the word? I tend to get a little hysterical on things. We know that. I think change is, you know, tough, and I, I, I'm going to have to deal and obviously live with my decisions until I can figure a way to buy a townhome. And you're just hoping that, let's say, a year from now, the market is quieter and not as red hot, although interest rates could be, a factor, right? So, yeah, I mean, it might. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I feel a little defeated right now. Actually, talking to White helped a lot because he lives in an apartment too. So, some of the concerns that I did have. Well, he's you know, 21, <sighs> and he lives by himself. Okay, so. So it's a slightly different. Like I think we all lived in apartments when we were in our 20s, as you did. I just, and again, there's no problem with people who live in apartments. Many, many people live in apartments all across the country and the world. I just think it's a difference of owning and living in a house and then giving up that space, that land, that flexibility and freedom for something that is just different. And this was not done out of necessity, right? Like, oh, I'm moving from the country or I lived in Ohio, but I've been hired by Fox and I'm coming to New York and I have to live in the city for my commute. So we have to be in an apartment because no one can afford a house in New York City, right? That would be one thing, but you made a decision. This was an proact- This was a proactive choice on your part to leave the house, move into an apartment, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm just sort of wondering well, why also, some of these issues were not were they not were, anticipated. They were, but you, I mean, obviously I'm not going to talk about it on air, but I don't think you understand the realm of what we bought the house for and what we sold the house for. Was- yeah, so, so that is a counterpoint, right? Like the counterpoint is you take a look at your bank account and you have definitely made gains there, right? That's not insignificant. Was, we're talking about almost double. Yeah, no, that is that is a very strong point in favor of the decision that you made. But now what do I do? I think you understand that you've signed a lease. A year of your life is a long period of time. It doesn't make sense to just decide to be dissatisfied and miserable for a year just make the best of it. And some of the stuff that's still the growing pains of going back into a new scenario, like when you move to a new place and you hear new sounds for the first time, you're like, oh, wow, planes overhead or that train over there, that's really disruptive. After a while, you just get used to it and it becomes part of your everyday stuff. So I and kind of your routine and your expectation, it fades into the background. So I think maybe some of these concerns that are seemingly acute right now will not be as bothersome and irksome to you, even in a matter of weeks. Okay. And what about finding drinking friends? Well, I mean, I feel like 
it's probably not a good idea for you to sit in a common place, like a common space in the apartment building with just a giant open box of wine, hoping that someone might approach you. Guy, I wouldn't you can... do that. I would put it in a solo cup. Okay, yes. I, my mistake. That's a much classier move. But then someone might not know what you're drinking, right? You kind of want to advertise, hey, look, we got some mama's juice over here. Come be my friend. Right? So I think what you need to do is stick with your normal friends, your old friends. They're not gone just because you move to an apartment kind of near your house. Stick with that, and then you're inevitably going to find some friendly people in the building. Maybe find someone who has a dog. Find someone who has a child roughly Megan's age. Find someone that has something in common with you, and, and that's maybe the way you start. I also think maybe, like, you know, it's been cold again up here. Maybe with the warmer weather this summer, the pool, you know. All right, there's a pool, which you did not have at the house. No, it's huge. Huge pool. So that's that's an opportunity in the months to come once it's spring heading into summer. Yes, I am doing my best <laughs> to talk you back off the ledge. But I think the broader lesson here mm-hmm. is Go on. when decisions are being made, small, medium, or especially large, I think latching on to a conclusion that you think you want at the beginning and then sort of backfilling everything else around that conclusion is not necessarily the right call. And I think that we should just have some teachable moments. And I know we try to have a lot of them with Cookie. And they don't always catch, right? They don't really take some of the lessons. But this is a big one. So, you know, maybe a year from now we will be talking on this show and doing home stretches about your move out of the apartment and your move to whatever the new adventure might be, a house or a townhome or whatever. Or maybe a year from now you'll say, you know what, the market isn't quite what we want yet and we're actually very happy and we got used to everything and it was the right call. And then we say, fantastic, and we move on to whatever your hypothetical future crisis might be on another subject. So I think time will tell. But I think introspection, making good decisions, thinking things through, not getting tunnel vision, not panicking, not catastrophizing. These are all things that can be worked on. And that's stuff that you can talk about with your multiple therapists, your guardian angel, your hypnotist, your medium, and your psychic. Just different ways to work on some of those elements of personal growth. That's all I'm saying. I almost just said you were exaggerating, but every person you just mentioned, I do have in my life. Plus Dan and Wyatt and me, your radio group therapy family, apparently. We're out of time. Back here tomorrow for the Friday edition of The Guy Benson Show. I'm on Special Report, coming up in just about 40 minutes, around 6.40 Eastern, Fox News Channel with Brett Bayer and company. Then, of course, here on the radio again tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, every weekday. For The Guy Benson Show, we will talk to you then. Home stretch on this Friday. We're almost there. Just a few more minutes, but you're going to want to stay tuned for these few minutes because we've got a very important decision to make collectively here at The Guy Benson Show, where our website is GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast is always free of charge. You can also go to FoxNewsPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcast. Lots of options there. That includes bonus Benson on the weekends, I should add. Well, we have mentioned this several times before, which is producer Christine really needs a Twitter handle, because I often get messages from people wanting me to relay messages to Christine because there's no way for them to directly contact, criticize, or praise her. For example, a listener 
wrote me just the other day demanding that Christine not be allowed to eat or consume a French onion soup flavored item, but in fact has to pay off the bet that we've mentioned before by actually eating French onion soup on the air, which is why I brought up that particular type of soup earlier with Cat Tim. It was a reference back to one of our inside jokes, which we actually explained in detail one week ago on the Homestretch Friday. You can go back and catch that on the podcast, GuyBensonShow.com. But we think that Christine should have her own Twitter account, Twitter handle, where she can tweet whatever she wants, and then the people can actually reach out to her and offer color commentary on whatever nonsense she's up to. So I asked the team here to brainstorm a few ideas for potential handles, what her name would be on Twitter. So let's start with Dan. Dan, do you have a few options for us? Yes, I thought of a couple. Um, so the first one would be at XPonyOwner22. Okay. Um, Why the 22? Uh, 2022. You know, just throwing the it. year. It's this a year. new a new account. Okay. E- exactly. And then the, the second one I had would be at MimeHater2000. Because I imagine it happened around the year 2000 from what I heard. Okay. <laughs> so there are some themes here that Dan has touched on that will be familiar as we go around the horn. Wyatt, do you have any ideas? Yeah, I only have one, but I put a lot of thought into this. Um, It should be at cookie jar. So instead of sending out tweets, she will be sending out little cookies out, and and it's like a little jar of of all of her ideas can be all sent out into into the Twitterverse. At cookie jar. Cookie jar. Okay, actually, I like that. Here are mine before we get to Christine's. So... One is at Poor Decor. Another one is Vodka, no D, (laughs) based on how she says that word. Then there's at Wines, not Mimes, sort of combines a few of her passions, loving Mama's Juice, being terrified of Mimes based on her terrible tragedy years ago. At Carousel Out, at Kremlin Cookie 88. And both Ks, Kremlin, Cookie, both with Ks. And then 88, of course, is the year that she won the aerobics championship as an undercover Soviet spy. And then last but not least, at producer Christine, which is maybe a little simple but also gets to the point. Christine, what do you think of this? Um, I'm going to go with the producer Christine one. Uh, I do like well, the wine. Well, no, you don't. You don't get to decide actually, because we're going to do a Twitter poll oh, on oh. our yes on our show Twitter at Guy Benson Show. You don't have to be a Twitter user. You can just go and you can vote. Quiet Wide is going to post. I would say four finalists, and our listeners, the people, will get to decide what your Twitter handle is. So let, let's pick some finalists. At producer Christine, you're okay with that one. We'll do at Cookie Jar. I think that's a good one. I, like I think that we one. should. What do, you, what do you think about wines, not mimes? I, I like that one. Um, am I allowed to give a suggestion? Sure, yeah. Uh, what about just cookies calling? Because all I do is call people all day, every day, to try to book. That's true. I, didn't, I was thinking about some sort of stalker-themed nickname here, but I couldn't make one really work. Kremlin Cookie 88 is good. Carousel I, I out. I think... Let's get rid of the Kremlin cookie for right now, don't you think? All right, we're going to put up the poll at Guy Benson Show on Twitter. I will absolutely vote. 
I hope you do too. And then Christine has committed privately to create a Twitter account and begin a journey on Twitter in the context of the Guy Benson show and all of her, uh, shall we say, adventures here on the program. So we can announce the result next week, and then people can start following you. I'd be very curious to see how many followers you pick up when we announce everything next week. Are you excited? I am so excited. I actually just got a message today from somebody saying how bad they felt for me with the whole apartment situation. So, um, you know, I needed a place to connect with my fans, and I, I look forward to the journey. Okay, well, stay tuned for that. We'll bring you the results next week. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay sane. Back here on Monday, same time, same place for the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.